Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. I'm one of your two co-hosts. I'm joined, as always, for this episode by my other co-host and good friend, Blake. Hello, Jordan. Are you prepared to talk about menus? Uh, I am, in fact. Uh, So we didn't play a game this week. We just went through menus. No, just kidding. So for this week's (laughs) game, we played uh, uh, something kind of unique. Um, It's called Menu New Game Plus, which is, uh, well, the description is actually very straightforward. It presents a series of menus for games that do not exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is a kind of experimental um, game by... uh, Spellafort on itch, uh, also known as Steven Syke uh, on Twitter. I don't know if that's their last name or a nickname, but um, yeah, Steven Syke made many new game plus. And basically the premise for this game is very simple. There's a series of um, very uh, fully realized, I would say, game <laughs> menus for fictional games. Um, including uh, settings you can change that refer to, you know, mechanics that you don't actually get to experience. So you um, you sort of learn a little bit about these games simply through their menu. And the the premise is to try to, you know, give you as uh, complete an impression of these fictional games as as could be possible with just the menu. And it's a work in progress. The version, uh, at the time we played it, it had four games. Um, mm. When it was released, uh, which was actually a few months ago now, um, it had three. So I believe he's still working on adding uh, more games. I'm not sure if more are coming, but we we played four of them. Or menued four of them i don't know (laughs) (laughs) menued four of them we perused the various settings of four non-existent games exactly this guy gets it yeah Uh, so so basically what this game ends up being is like uh i think it mostly is like a comedy game about mm -hmm. uh you know not only the the settings that you might find in uh, a modern game, but also comments on sort of like stereotypical games that exist or patterns in design and just like sort of games mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, I guess indie games as a whole, I would say probably because most of these games just sort of feel like smaller games Indie-ish. by nature of the menus not being like, you know, giant, uh, you know, complicated interfaces with huge <laughs> 3d models and all that stuff um but yeah this is mostly like a vehicle for some some pretty s- solid uh jokes and criticisms of like games and uh uh so i guess uh i preface everything with like if this sounds fun to you uh or sounds interesting you should go play it because yeah it's uh, a pretty low barrier to entry you know you can play uh, the whole all all four of the menus you can probably get through in 15 minutes uh Mm. if you're not being you know too um thorough um and then of course you can just uh play one at a time as well so yeah Uh, and also you can play it in a browser and it's free uh yeah all, all reasons you should go play it if you sit and listen to us talk about it, uh, it j- turns out jokes are a lot less funny if you watch That's them after true. you've heard someone try and explain <laughs> them or, you know, discuss Although what some, makes some them funny. Some of the funny. menus are pretty deep, so we won't, there's, it's not even possible for us to spoil all the jokes in there, but it's true that yes. Yes. I think some, the, I, think, I, I will yeah, say I, think I, probably, I laughed out loud multiple times, so it is definitely, it's funny. It has a sense of humor. And I think 
it also just sort of uh, is an interesting exploration of the the sort of like framing around games. So, so yeah. I think it's uh, I definitely think it's worth checking out um, if this sounds yeah. at all interesting to you. Absolutely. So I think we should start by just giving uh, a high level explanation of each of the four uh, menus or games. Uh, well, even like, before then, I do want to just oh. say, uh, which of these games did you most feel like you wanted to play? Damn it! I was gonna, ha- I was gonna ask you that <laughs> later. <laughs> I oh, were you? Um, oh, we can, we can put a pin uh-huh. in that then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's put a pin in it. I know. I, wanna, I have my answer. I also have my answer. Okay. Um. So the first game is, or first menu, I should say, is for Empires of Idleness, uh, which seems like a rock gen indie vibe game uh you know what i mean uh yeah that one i feel like was the one that was uh like the hardest for me to envision what the game actually is envision in terms of like a a game like a game genre i was already familiar with uh Uh, it, it is worth saying there is a press kit for this that explains it as um a game where you generate a starting world like the civilization series, but it's about uh, people who are lazing around rather than being productive. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that sounds like a game we would play for this podcast. It totally does. <laughs> like um, it, it definitely. Uh, I th- I feel like the vibe they're evoking is like weird indie game that's got. I mean, the menu has kind of like a certain design to it, and the like the color palette and the uh, you know. I don't know. And then also the the fact that like one of the idler types is late capitalist anxiety wallower. That's just a very, very like (laughs) kind of game. I think we can all, we can all, uh, you know, relate to this (laughs) with that in, uh, in the year of our Lord 2020, we can all be late capitalist anxiety wallowers. Um, yeah. Another reason why it just reminded me of other games we played is the the like visual style for that one feels very much like um, like games we actually have played. Like it looks a lot like um, uh, what was that one with the goats? Uh, oh, what is that? Game? Leave Oma or is that a different one? No, that's a different one. The goats. God, what is the goats one? Is it literally like where the goats are or something like that? Oh yeah, that's that's right. And now they actually like made a a real well, quote unquote real. They like expanded that game into a larger commercial game that came out I think earlier oh, this really? year. Yeah, uh huh. that was like something about the wind. Um Interesting. I don't remember. But yeah, it definitely has like uh sort of a simplified low poly soft yeah. edges yeah. uh muted colors type vibe that even the, uh, definitely the like would pastel fit in. yeah the sort of pastel colors feels a little bit yeah. like something yeah. we would play so yeah, for sure yeah um uh then the the next game uh we can circle back and talk about each one a little bit more if we yeah, want yeah. to but uh the next game is called eight tons of oxygen which i believe is supposed to be didn't it didn't say it was like a roguelike or something uh, uh, it said, or I wrote it down. It was a um, exciting exploration and story focused uh, Metroidvania. Oh, Metroidvania. That's right. Um, yeah, that one I feel like uh, for me maybe left the least distinct impression. Uh, I it, it it seemed like kind of a more of like a 2013 indie type game. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. This was a game that, you know, was made by one guy over four years and then randomly blew up uh, and then on was Steam. featured on Indie Game the movie or something. <laughs> I don't think quite Indie Game the movie, but, you know, um, here, let me let me open up the uh, I'll, I'll open up the menu itself so that I can uh, actually uh, read off what it was. But I don't know. Did you have any thoughts about this one at a high level or not really? Um, this was another one that I didn't find super easy to imagine what playing it would be like. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think a little bit less difficult than empires of idleness. Um, Mm, yeah, I have some, I definitely have some thoughts about the specific, uh, menu options. Oh, I guess the other thing we should say is it, it alludes to some weird mechanic that involves, um, like reordering, the narrative or something like this. There's like a, a level select screen where I forget oh. exactly what it says, but it said something about like choose narrative order or something weird like that. Um, so I didn't really, I thought I was intrigued by that. Um, I didn't really know what it was, what exactly we were supposed to be imagining that the game was giving the player to do the, uh, the power to do there. But it was, that was intriguing. Yeah. The menu has some, like the level select has this weird, talk about like dividing the plot into uh yeah. like environments or locations or passage of time or perspective of different characters uh what any of that actually means who can say P- perhaps nothing <laughs> um but anyway that's uh that's uh what is that game even called eight, eight, eight tons, tons of, of oxygen. oxygen yeah all right then the the next game on the list is jitterbug uh, uh, I think it's I think it's Itterbug. Oh no, no it's Jitterbug. Jitterbug. Oh, you're right. Huh, yeah, it's I just write? that font is kind of hard to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Jitterbug <laughs> Jitterbug is a game where you uh, play as bugs. Uh, there were multiple different playable <gasps> bugs, and you try and hide from predators in the environment by uh, matching camouflaging yourself by typing in hexadecimal color yeah, values. And then it has you know. This one was, I think, it's supposed to seem like an older game, but also yeah, the, for sure. the, it has a little menu giving you hexadecimal guide. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I thought it's that, like was, a, that was a, that's, a that's, hexadecimal that's, cheat sheet. Yeah, exactly. Like that is totally the kind of thing that an older, you know, a, back when games shipped with guidebooks. Um, uh, I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, I think is kind of evoking like a. Uh, uh, late 80s early 90s like shareware like i know a lot of uh, yeah a lot of in like the uk a lot of like uh, early home gaming happened on like uh commodore computers where it's just like home programmers making stuff and distributing it on their own that's what that's what that one felt like to me uh yeah 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 that and then sense. uh the the final game uh, or menu, I should say, is uh, Peon Caravan, <laughs> <laughs> which here I, I'm going to have to read the description for this one because it's, yeah, uh, I was a big fan. It's uh, pretty. I'm, I'm going to. Well, I, I won't say this yet. I'll wait. I'll wait till we've uh, let's uh, let's see about game. Uh, Jitterbug. Oh, wait, no, this is Jitterbug. Damn it. I'm on the Peon wrong menu. Caravan. Peon Caravan. Sorry, I got to click through these menus to get back. All right, I'll read what it is in About Game. There you go. It is a single-player fantasy steampunk game. You control (laughs) a nomadic society of freed orcish slaves working to cross an AI-generated persistent post-apocalyptic continent. 
And then should I also read the, the rest of it where it talks about how it was created? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> okay, that's okay. Peon Caravan was created by an advanced neural network that was shown a Dwarf Fortress Let's Play from 2011. The uh-huh. game is patched every 0.35 seconds by this network. So that that was one of the places that I laughed out loud. I yeah, just, me too. I, I thought that was hysterical. Um, well, yeah, the, the only thing I didn't like about that is that they explicitly called out Dwarf Fortress because it's very clearly supposed to be a play on Dwarf Fortress because... Uh, oh sure you know it's like uh it presents as if it has an ascii art style yeah, yeah uh and obviously the weird sort of like deep and obscure systemic game is like basically what for uh dwarf fortress is dwarf yeah. fortress is kind of to a certain extent that, the yeah. market uh on on being that but uh but yeah peon caravan uh definitely funny so shall we shall we circle back which yes. which is the game so you most would like? The one to we play. most want to play. All right. So for me, no contest. It's Peon Caravan. Yeah, I, wanna, I figured it would be. I want to play that one. I I just it's so hilarious. It just reminds me of um, the thing that I. I mean, it definitely is clearly you know inspired by Dwarf Fortress, but it also just reminded uh-huh. me of. It almost sounded like it would be like the game Lemmings. I feel like I've mentioned this oh, game on the sure. podcast before. Oh, I know Lemmings. Um, I'm, I'm pretty I, sure I have a disc copy of Lemmings Revolution at my desk right now. Really? I do not have that. Uh, I But I played that game, you know, in the 90s. And, oh, dude, that game was so fun. Yeah, um, here it is. Lemmings Revolution on CD-ROM, which was like the... It wasn't... It's not the original one. It's the uh, it's the sequel that came out uh, in the early 2000s. Or maybe it's late 90s. But this one's got like... It's in 3D. Dude, yeah. I played the original Lemmings, which came yeah. out in 1991. It's older than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I haven't played that one. And the only reason I have this game and know what it is is because like my aunt that... Uh, one of my aunts for my birthday was like, Blake likes computer games. I'll just buy him whatever computer game they have at Target or something. And I got it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell this game is, but I'm eight years old. I got nothing but time. And then I was like, this game is awesome because you get to watch these little lemmings, you know, fall off a cliff and die. It's hilarious. Uh, it's so funny. And they just like splatter into little <laughs> pixels. Did the I, I'm assuming the first one didn't have the voices, right? Uh, the lemmings themselves were perfectly silent. Yeah, they didn't. Oh, have dude, any. and this one they like. I, I remember they have these really high pitched voices, and they go like, "Oh no!" When they're about to die, or oh did they God. did they have the exploding lemming in uh in the original yes, one? Yes, yeah. You click on them, and it's like one way to uh huh. You know, yeah, to like break, break through a wall and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the in lemmings revolution, it counts down, and then they go, "Oh no!" and then explode. It's, oh my uh, pretty God. good. Absolutely pretty- incredible. Pretty and you good. know, honestly, like in addition to being fun for being so goofy, Lemmings was pretty good game. Like the the sort of yeah. like the sort of like s- figure out how to um, uh, solve the puzzle of this level by means of like having fifty units rather than like one is very interesting. Sure. And then also the fact that the sort of core mechanic that you can't control the pace at which they they move. They march a, ever on. Yeah, it creates a sort of like franticness to it that was always very fun. Like, oh god, oh god, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, um, honestly, all this talk is making me kind of sad that I don't have a a, 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 dis- dri- a, disc, drive. a disc drive to install this on my. Although computer. even if you did, like, <laughs> would you be able to install it on that build of Windows? Like, 
I mean, probably it was, it ran on windows XP. I feel like, Oh, did that it? Ex- oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was like, I, I okay. think it came out in the early two thousands. I don't actually know, I see. but all that is to say, I, I was, I was pretty sure you were going to pick peon caravan. Uh, however, my pick for game, uh, that I would most like to play is Jitterbug. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah because that one seemed interesting it, it seems really dumb and like not actually a fun challenge for a normal person uh no. but for me i feel like it would be very funny because like as a as a programmer like that's what i do for my job uh and yeah but do you I have do, hex oh, codes memorized n- exactly i don't so it would be funny to me i mean there's certain ones that i have memories like white and black uh, and even like red or like cyan the ones that are like simple to do you know that are like all f's all zeros that kind of stuff uh i you know i have and but i feel like it would be kind of fun to like i bet you once you get good enough i mean i know how hexadecimal works uh you know uh it's so I think like it would be fun to try and get a, a sort of, I don't know exactly how you would describe it, but an understanding of it that is beyond like having to sit and think about it. Like just seeing a hex code and being like, being able I know to, like generally, visually read. Yeah. Like, you know, be yeah. like a fucking tank from the matrix. Be like, <laughs> I don't even see the codes anymore. I just see red, green, blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it'd be, it'd be kind of funny to be able to just like look at a hex value and like generally have an idea of what color it was. I mean, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, wouldn't it be, it's like extremely stupid, but kind of funny and kind of cool. <laughs> yeah okay all right sure uh so that's why jitterbug <laughs> appeals to me specifically um i i will say that uh i was intrigued enough by all the like it accomplished the sort of like you know the other thing that a menu is supposed to do is it's almost like halfway to being an ad right like it's supposed to like <laughs> kind of like evoke the game and want you to like dive in and keep playing um, sure. and i do think uh, all of these menus uh, accomplish that to at least some degree. I think eight tons of oxygen was probably the one I was least intrigued in, in yeah. playing maybe just because it, it, uh, it didn't feel the most like, um, mechanically innovative. Like all the other mm-hmm. ones had, you know, they really were like perfect podcast games. Cause they were like, like, sure. Whoa, that seems like a strange mechanic. Yeah. Um, uh, for yeah, sure. It, it definitely sounded like, well, I was going to say it sounded like the most traditional game, but uh, traditional in the sense that it's just like a pretty basic Metroidvania, but then has some weird, unnecessary, convoluted story thing Menu of like thing. stuff being yeah, out yeah. of sequence. Yeah, I, <laughs> you was, know, it's a- I was intrigued by that. I also just didn't understand what it is. Like, what does it mean to divide the narrative? I just don't even know what that is. Like, yeah, I mean, no one does. So I guess I, I guess I am intrigued after all. Yeah, well, I think I think the kind of joke about that is that it's like kind of a meaningless thing, a, a meaningless way to try and, uh, uh, you know, set itself apart from uh, other Metroidvanias, sure. uh, of which there are uh, very, very abundant many. number. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Um, OK, so, well, I guess we can start uh, spoiling the jokes now. Sure. Um, uh, you know, listener beware. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just wrote down a few that I that I thought were especially funny. Um, so sure. Peon Caravan, uh, I <laughs> I don't know how much you browse through the controls, uh-huh. um, but the thing I I mean this 
the the entire controls screen was hysterical. So it's like uh-huh. it's got like three different menus um, in game. Presumably, there's like the unit menu, the civilization menu, and some third. Oh one. my god! I didn't realize that the controls scroll. Yeah. Oh man! It goes way down, and every I only read single the first page. Holy every shit. single page has a binding for all every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> oh, incredible! Uh, and they all have a distinct a distinct um, uh, function. So I just the the depth of it was what was most funny there, just because it's like that is so you know a certain kind of like uh, deep simulation game. You know, it's like part of the fun is just that there is an overwhelmingly large number of settings. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, I it's just the thing about that's so funny. It's the thing about Dwarf Fortress is that it's like the amount of systems being simulated is so yeah. deep and so weird that, you know, totally. months and months into playing the game, you can suddenly have uh, like really strange effects of the systems interacting. I mean, it's kind of a. Uh, at a at a certain level it's kind of like a, a really really deep commitment to something like spelunky where it's all about the interaction sure. of the mechanics and the physics except for in dwarf fortress it's all about the interactions of everything you know yeah oh yeah. man i'm so sad i didn't know that i could scroll down here <laughs> this is incredible metal smiths for wow just yeah dude. Is, and some of them are great. so funny like uh press e to eat or drink lettuce don't know what that means drink lettuce huh lettuce juice yeah dude the orcs need, need their lettuce you gotta um, have lettuce you have to um yeah so that was that was great um i also just like the uh in the the sort of patch notes area there's a mm-hmm. button that says generate new patch note <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> and um i clicked through it enough they do just repeat themselves eventually but uh, oh, there there well, are i think you got unlucky then Oh really? How long did you try? So so I uh, I tried it for a while and never saw one. And then I was looking at the itch comments. Uh, actually, I should just I should just find the comment and read it to you. Uh, the patch notes. I scraped as many colony building game patch notes that I could, which mostly ended up being dwarf dwarf fortress and rim world with a bit of other stuff sprinkled in. I then cleaned oh. them up a bit and trained a neural network using GPT two to output oh, really? individual pat- patch notes for peon caravan. It's now, uh, not outputting or training live though. It would require way too much power. I just output thousands and thousands of them into unity. <laughs> Oh, really? So I did get really unlucky then. <laughs> yeah, I think you did get unlucky because I sat there for probably uh, uh, like I mean, a, I only clicked a couple for minutes two, for one minute, probably. Uh, yeah. And I got a duplicate. I thought that it was done by hand. That's so funny. I love that it was actually uh, constructed in part with a neural network. That's yeah. very on brand. So, yeah, the the patch notes are, are very funny, by the way. Let's uh, let's uh, click through a few of them. Let's click through a few. Uh Fix bug with forbidden foods screen. Cooked food now has the proper temperature range. <laughs> Fixed a squad detective exploit. <laughs> Added friend kill request slash announcement makes it harder to make harmless announcements. Wow. New scenario added. The goblin leader. He wants to blow up the wizard warehouse with his very own atomic bomb. <laughs> anyway they you can just keep doing that over and over again oh my god absolutely hysterical fix the problem that could cause peons to abandon 
slash even fight critters that wanted to lay eggs. <laughs> another another great uh, detail about the peon caravan uh, menu is that each of the options on the menu has like a uh, a random letter in parentheses for some reason. Uh, and if you click that letter, it selects that option in the menu. <laughs> so for example, uh, about game, the U is in parentheses. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so if you tap U, it opens yeah. the about game section. <laughs> and the great. letters are chosen basically arbitrarily they're just random letters in the yeah i mean one thing i will say about this this game as a whole that is just so charming and funny is the the seriousness with which it takes its premise like sure sure (laughs) like these you know it's like i'm going to create a game that is just menus and i'm going to make it you know there is interactivity in these menus and it is just like it's so funny to explore yeah yeah, it's great. I, I will say Peon, Peon Caravan is definitely the funniest menu, I think. Yeah, I think uh, so as well. While, while I may be more uh, personally interested in playing Jitterbug, I think Peon Caravan is the one with the most stuff going on and the one that made me laugh the most, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, I, another thing that I liked was the, uh, the fictional um, reviews of 8 Tons Oxygen. Oh, I don't sure. know if you looked through those at all, but one of them was like, uh, let's see if I can pull it up, but it's like the main, like when you get past the, the roughness of the game, the main attraction is the explosions. I forget exactly how it was worded, but it was basically like this game's not very good, but the explosions are nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that one. Um, here, here's a, here's a favorite of mine. So in Jitterbug, we already talked about like the hex code cheat sheet and yes. uh, wh- one of the colors was light black <laughs> oh i <laughs> and they had a that. few they had a few different ones and they also another thing we haven't talked about is that uh a lot of the games have like technical settings that you can change like you yes. can change the volume or you can change the resolution which does the volume does work yeah so yeah. the the volume will change uh the volume the um in Jitterbug, I thought this was very funny. If you change the resolution, a little note yep. will pop up That's that says, what I was just about to say. Uh, your screen must be unplugged to, like... For, for the changes to take effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather than you have that to was, reboot the game. That was very funny to me. I actually um, saw someone on Itch commented that they uh, unplugged the screen and it didn't seem to work. <laughs> Which I'm sure they were just joking. But, uh, uh, hilarious. All, all, all good fun, you know? Very good fun um let's see uh i also oh another thing i found funny about jitterbug that i felt like was very um like got the feeling right of that kind of like older game was uh Mm -hmm. uh, i forget exactly what they said you have to do but if you like write into the developer they will send you Uh, a bunch of things it was like uh a a strategy guide some other stuff and then Mm -hmm. a big broadside of william blake's the dream (laughs) yeah who incredible (laughs) yeah william blake a poet and artist and that's just the sort of like weird um uh sort of like um you know artsy yeah uh, indie developer yeah diy culture from like 1990 that uh yeah it just yeah it, it really made it feel like you know, there was an actual story behind this fake game. Uh huh. One aspect that we haven't talked about at all is that several of the games have like splash screens beforehand with like fake game studios. And also yeah. a few of them have a few like de- credits fake developers. With, yeah. 
yeah with like uh names listed i'd be curious if any of those are real people or if they're just totally made up names or if they're like no it was also friends or something he scraped the credits from uh (laughs) yeah they scraped the actual games i mean i feel like if they're real people's names that might not be a good idea like (laughs) if if you're using real people's names they got to be your friends that you ask permission um Uh, tom tanaka is a fictional character from an anime. Maybe they're all fictional. Oh characters. yeah. Yeah. That I would believe that I would buy that for sure. David Perry. Uh, I would say That's my, a- my biggest criticism of this game, which is like not even really a criticism. Uh, well, it, it kind of is, but it's more just like, wouldn't it be cool if is I'd kind of, uh, like if there was a, uh, a sort of like meta layer connecting these games, like, Oh, I, I, sure. I, I kind of want there to be a main menu that is like says new uh, menu new game plus on it and then you're like diving into weird corners of this menu to find the menus for other games or something i feel like because uh, basically what happens is each menu once you hit the new game button then you just get uh you get kicked over to a loading screen and then it loads the next menu so i i, I think there was probably some fun to be had by sort of like uh, having a, a menu be the connective tissue between all these different menus. Um, sure. I thought that would have been, uh, that would have been fun. Uh, like I said, it's more wishful thinking than an actual criti- criticism, but I do, I do think that would have been a, 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 a fun way and a thematically uh, cohesive way to sort of bring, uh, bring this game together. Mm-hmm. But I, I already thought it was a, a, a very enjoyable time. It, it, it finds a way to uh, mine comedy, from video games uniquely and by just being uh you know jokes about video games and the weird menus the weird uh ways that we configure them to uh you know (laughs) make them work it kind of uh pokes fun at how strange game menus can be especially like for outsiders who just like i i've been uh having my uh my girlfriend she never played a lot of games uh growing up so i've gotten her a little bit more into games and there's just like things that are settings that it's like oh well i'm gonna check the settings to see and she just like doesn't even know or like knowing that you can go into the menu to find what the controls for the game are because she'll just be like i forgot oh. how to do this thing and so now i just can't do it my favorite was she played doom 2016 and she didn't know how she only knew how to swap to the gun you were using last oh, she didn't know wow. how to like <laughs> open up the menu wheel for like <laughs> half of the game so she basically would either be using the gun she had picked up off the ground like been given by the game most recently or uh whatever gun was before that (laughs) that is hilarious i was like how have you been getting through the game and she's like i don't know it's hard (laughs) you're you're making it's that's a lot harder than it actually is uh She's playing on hard mode, just trying to, you know, become a true yeah. gamer. Yeah. You know, she's she's making her way. So. <laughs> um, so one other thing I wanted to say, just a little fun uh, podcast, uh, you know, for the f- fun, fun bit for the longtime listeners. So Steven Syke, the creator of this game, is a research associate at Technoculture Art and Games, which is a research center uh um, not actually sure where but the reason i bring (laughs) this up is because uh the associate director is pippin Barr, um Mm. who you may remember as the creator of one of the first games we ever played for the podcast uh it is as if you were doing work um 
So, uh, you know, it is a small world in uh, weird uh, experimental art games. Yeah, uh, truly. But this, it, I actually felt like that that connection made a lot of sense to me because sure. this, this is sort of like me- meta game about uh, game interfa- interfaces. There it is. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, the the lineage is there. <laughs> uh, well, with that, shall we uh, tell people what we're going to play next week, or do you have any more comments about Menu New Game Plus? Uh, no, that's all I had. So if you want to if you want to play that game, you should check in the description for this episode. We'll have a uh, a link where you can play it uh, on itch yourself. Um, but uh, next week we will be playing um, a game by the name of Teenage Blob. So this is a game um, by Team Laserbeam uh, and the Super Weeks, um, which is described as half game, half album, and all awesome. A colorful art punk adventure towards the best night of your life. So yeah, don't really know what to make of that. It, the art style is very um, uh, interesting. Um, so it looks like it has some sort of uh, music uh, incorporated into it and also I think it's like six games in one or like a bunch of mini games so um, Teenage Blob don't really know what to say about it but I will next week so if you want to hear me talk about Teenage Blob uh, you should you should pop in for the episode so we'll um, we'll send out a link to that episode when it's done on our Twitter uh, at EdgeGuardCast that's where we uh, tweet out all the updates for the podcast new episode uh, creators who we feature on the podcast um, as well as uh, links to play the games that we talked about so if those are the kind of updates you want make sure to follow us uh, follow us there at EdgeGuardCast on Twitter uh, tweet at us if you like the episode or if you have a, a recommendation for a game you think we should check out we'd love to hear from you so we will uh, play Teenage Blob next week and talk to you then <laughs>